0: Hello, and welcome back to Book Reviews with Kimmy. This week's book is Burning Bright by Ron Rash. Rash is an American poet born on September 25, 1953. He's written many successful novels and poem books, such as Serena, a gothic tale of greed, corruption, and revenge in the late 1930 wilderness, and In the Valley, which which has been described as Pure Craft, an accomplished book by a grounded, unsentimental master, written by Highbrow Magazine. Well, enough about the author. Let's talk about the book and its lessons that stuck with me. This book, like all of Rash's novels, is set in the Appalachian Mountains in many varying time periods, such as the Great Depression, the Civil War, and present day. In all of the stories, family is the main source of conflict. This in itself teaches us that family, though it may be the most important thing, may cause all of our downfalls in the end. A lesson learned from Falling Star is to trust those who love you. The main character, Bobby, realizes this after he pretty much throws away his entire life and marriage because he thought his wife was cheating on him with her college professor. This was never true, and all his his wife wanted was an education so she could do something with her life. Another lesson I learned was from Burning Bright, my favorite story in this novel, and also the collection's namesake. I learned that love shows no bounds. This came about from Marcy, the main character's love for Carl, her husband. No matter how many people told them that their love was wrong because of their age difference, she didn't care. I think this shows incredible love between them. Here are a few passages from some of my favorite stories. Story one, Back of Beyond. Back of Beyond is a story about a young pawn shop owner whose nephew is addicted to methamphetamine. Here's a quote from page 27 and 28. Danny's battered battered blue and white trailer squatted in the pasture. Parson's feet made a whispery sound as he went to deal with his nephew before talking to his brother and sister-in-law. No footprints marked the snow between the house and trailer. Parson knocked on the flimsy aluminum door, and when no one answered, went in. No lights were on. And Parson wasn't surprised when he flipped the switch and nothing happened. His eyes slowly adjusted to the room's darkness, and he saw he saw the card table. On it, on it, cereal boxes—some open, some not. A half-gallon milk container; its fr- its contents frozen solid. The room's busted-out window helped explain why. Two bowls, scabbed with dried cereal, lay on the table as well. Two spoons. Parson made his way to the back room. Seeing first the kerosene heater behind the bed, the wire wicks muted orange glow. Two closely lumped mounds rose under a pile of quilts, like they are already laid out in their graves. Parson thought as he leaned over and poked the bigger form. This in this quote, Parson has on his way to go deal with his nephew Danny because he come he comes to the realization that his nephew sold him a stolen gun. So he came to deal with it, and he finds the parents of Danny laying on the floor, which is where the quote comes in, like they're already laid out in their graves. Um, my second story is from The Ascent, my second, my second favorite story in this novel. It's, this story is about a young um, child who is in 5th grade, that his parents are also methamphetamine addicts, and he just wants to live his life and live like a normal kid, but he can't do that because of his parents' mistreatment. So here's a quote from pages 75 and 76. Jared had never been this far before, sawmill ridge and across a creek glazed with ice, then passed a triangular metal sign that said Smoky Mountains National Park. If it had still been snowing and his tracks were being covered up, he'd have turned back. People had gotten lost in this park. Children wandered off from family picnics, Hiking hikers staying off trails. Sometimes it took days to find them. But today, the sun was out, the sky deep and blue. No more snow would fall, so it would be easy to retrace, to retrace his tracks. Jared heard a helicopter hovering somewhere to the west, which meant they still hadn't found the airplane. They'd been searching all the way from Bryson City to the Tennessee line, or so he'd heard at school. The land slanted downward, and the sound of the helicopter appeared. In the steepest places, Jared leaned sideways and held onto the trees to keep him from slipping. As he made his way into the denser woods, he wasn't thinking of the lost airplane or if he would get the mountain bike he'd asked for for Christmas. Or he'd asked for as his Christmas present. Not thinking about his parents either, though they were the main reason he was spending his first day of Christmas vacation out here. Better to be outside on a cold day than in the house where everything, the rickety chairs and the sagging couch, the gaps where the TV and microwave had been, felt sad. I think that those two paragraphs sort of explained how the child is feeling living in his home where his his parents aren't parenting him and he kind of has to grow up really fast to keep himself alive. And I think that that leads to the inevitable end of the story, where he commits suicide. Um, The last quote I have is from Burning Bright, which is my favorite story in the collection, as I said before. Um, this, This story is about a woman, her name is Marcy, and her husband, whose name is Carl, and how their life and how Marcy's life changed after she met Carl. Carl's her second husband, who's way younger than her, and no one approved of their relationship, especially Marcy's children. Um, and she one day there's a lot during a drought, they're during a drought. And during this drought, a lot of fires have been getting set on purpose, so mass arson. Um and everyone in the town thinks it's Carl because of how quiet he is and how he's new to the town. And Marcia doesn't believe them until she does start to believe them. And that sort of, I think, in if this story was to continue on, they would have fallen apart because of her mistrust in him. The, stu- the quote from the story that I'm reading is from page 119 and 120. Arthur had hoped that one day... The novelty of the city, life would pale and the girls would come back to North Carolina. Um. Side note, Arthur is Marcy's first husband who passed away. But the girls stayed up north and married be- and began their own families. Their visits and phone calls became less and less frequent. Arthur was hurt by that, hurt deep, though never saying so. It seemed he aged more quickly, especially after he had a stent placed in, the ar- in-, in an artery. After that, Arthur did less around the farm until finally he no longer grew tobacco or cabbage, just raised a few cattle. Then one day he didn't come back for lunch. She found him in the barn, slumped aside, slumped beside a stall, a hay hook in his hand. In this, in this specific part, Arthur, Marcy's first husband, had a heart attack and passed away. And that was the last time that she saw um, her girls was at the funeral because then after that, she met Carl, and her girls never spoke to her again. Um, So those are my favorite stories and passages from those stories. Now I'm going to read some student reviews from some of the students in all of the advanced advanced honors classes. Um, Jenny LaRoche from Period 5 said that it was her favorite book. I couldn't put it down even after class. Lauren Vaughn from Period 2 said that it was kind of disturbing at some parts, but she still liked it. Dawson Fournier from Period 5 said that it was very good. 9 out of 10 would definitely recommend. Jordan Motika from Period 1 said that she liked it a lot. Definitely one of my favorites. Paige Leister from Period 5 said, not my favorite, but not bad either. 5 out of 10 probably. Cameron McEwen from Period 2 Said that it was one of her favorites. I loved the way all the stories connected. Avery Nichols from Period 5 said, Could have been better. I didn't love all the gruesome death, which I agree with, and I wrote that in my reflection letter that it was not, the, the gruesome death was not my favorite part of the book, which is why I liked some of the other stories better. Angus O'Brien from Period 1 said, Not great, but I would recommend to anyone who likes short stories. They're not just, my, they're just not my preference. And Ryan McNary from Period 2 said, I wish we'd read more stories like this. This is my favorite book I've ever read in school. Um, all right, that's it for book reviews with Kimmy. I hope that you learned something and maybe you'll read Burning Bright by Ran Rash.